On this episode of Prepare Them for Launch, AJ and I will be discussing the idea of spiritual dryness. We want you guys to feel like it's a normal occurrence. Um, We want to talk about how you can process through that and how you can share that with your children. So AJ, this has really hit close to home for me lately. I was experiencing a period of spiritual dryness. And essentially what spiritual dryness is, it's a feeling of separation between you and God. And I think for me, I was in a situation in which some things were happening. I had a death of a very close friend. My daughter had a friend who died. And I think really what it was, was anger. I was feeling angry towards God. And (laughs) my natural go-to when I get angry is like the silent treatment. I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to spend time with you. Um, And so I was experiencing a period of spiritual dryness. And I think for me, um, it played out in my relationship with my kids too, because I realized that when I'm not close to God, I'm a completely different person. And so I'm wondering if you have had any experience with spiritual dryness. For me, I've experienced that in many of places. I think um, COVID was obviously a big deal for a lot of people and they experienced a lot of spiritual dryness through through the lens of isolation where they didn't have anybody. Um, and so for me, I think it, it I think it, the biggest time it came out was as a leader for uh, for high school. So I'm a high school leader at this church as well as a pastor. Um, and so I like have volunteered here for however long I've worked here. And so I had a guy in our group who had been struggling with uh, drug use and um, negligence with his with, in a lot of areas, school, family and just not caring a lot. And he came to one of our groups one of the uh, one week, like it was, I think it was the first week actually we had groups and he was a junior that year. And there was just something different about him. And at this point, I had a lot of changes happening. I'm about to get married. I'm like feeling the weight of that as well. And so I didn't want to experience this form of trying really hard to be this guy's role model or help him get right back on track. But um, come to find out, he had some experience where he uh, had to go live with his his mom, his birth mom, because he was living with his grandparents at the time. But um, because things were getting so bad here for him at school uh, with his like massive amounts of drug use, he had to actually go live with his mom who lived in Lake Arrowhead. And so uh, long story short, he comes back. Things are we thought things were better, and you can just tell by how he was talking, how he was acting, that things were worse. And so I met with him separately, and for me, it was just like a scary moment of like I don't want to lose this kid, right? And at this point, I'm still not super like I felt like I was on the verge of spiritual dryness, but um, I wasn't going to allow that to stop me from speaking with this guy with my uh, student. And so we we had a good conversation and what it did actually it filled me up. It like got me to a place where I felt like I was the closest I was with God. And we had a few weeks where I could see that he uh mentally was trying to get back to a space where he was comfortable in this environment of church where he wanted to get to a place where he was closer to God again. But there was also that tension of the world that he still wanted to go back to the things he was doing. And so uh, as that semester went on, he was getting a little better, but still didn't care what was going on at church, still was trying to go back to the, this life of drugs that I was like heavily encouraging me and me and my co-leader were heavy, heavily encouraging him to stop. Um, well, that later that semester, I got married to my beautiful wife. 
Courtney, I love you. Um, and it was an amazing ceremony. It was great. And before we went on our honeymoon, we actually, my family who lived in Texas came out to visit. So we were hanging out with them. It was right around literally New Year's. Um, so we went to San Diego Zoo, which was fun. Um, but And then I get a call from one of the other guys in my group that um, this kid passed away, he overdosed. And what happened is it triggered something in me to where I thought, wow, this is my fault. That was not true at all, but I kept thinking this was my fault. I didn't do enough to get to him. I didn't do enough for me or to save him in order for him to stop doing this. I didn't preach it enough. I didn't come at him hard enough. I didn't help him get to a place where he was sober. And it consistently kept being this thought in my mind. And, and I, my wife was great, even though like we're a few days into marriage at this point. And this is a big thing that she has still. My parents were great. A lot of the kids, a lot of the families were amazing. And they kept reminding me, no, you did everything you could, but that didn't settle in at all. And so I kept having this thought. And because of that, I got to a place where I was so far from God because I thought I was a reason this kid passed away. And that I, as a minister, as a pastor, as someone, as a leader, that I wasn't fit for this role, that this thing that I believed I knew was a calling of mine to be a pastor, a leader in church wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And so I felt this, this uh, inadequacy. I felt that I, I, I'm not supposed to do this. And so because of that, I, I wasn't running from God, but I just felt so far away from him. And then I knew that I was spiritually dry because I, I lost the person who gave me purpose, the being that I found my, my hope and desire and love in because all I was doing was blaming myself for something that ha had nothing to do with me. And so because of this, I consistently was becoming a bad leader. I was becoming a bad husband. I was becoming a bad friend. I was becoming uh, a bad uh, teacher at my dance studio that I also work out. I was becoming even more, more of a person that wanted to be isolated, which is funny enough, COVID happens right after this. Um, and so I just experienced so many different things because I was just, staying away, not just from God, but from people. And that's, if you guys know me, that is not my personality. I love people. I'm a, I'm a huge extrovert. And so there was just this, this, this season of like, oh my gosh, this is, um, this is the roughest I could go through. Well, shortly after that COVID hits, but it wasn't COVID that brought me to an even darker place. It was the fact that my father, who is like my role model in life, I love this man dearly. Um, he was diagnosed with multiple myeloma. And so I was like, how can this man who I, I, I could think he could take down anything. He was the strongest The like, if you guys ever remember this, I don't know if anybody else had this when they were younger, but I was always the guy that's like, my dad could beat your dad up. I was always that dude. And so I came to the reality of his mortality that he is going to die someday. And it was so tough to hear that and also be thinking about the fact that in this time where we're hearing about all these people getting this disease, he has a disease that's lethal. Like on top of the fact that now he's in danger of getting COVID, he already has a cancer. And so there was that. And then there was other things like I, there was a job opportunity I went for that I didn't get. Um, and all these things were piling up and it was just the toughest time. But how I got through this was 
I had the right people around me. Although I, I shut them out a little bit, I kept consistently having moments where God was showing himself through the people that were around me. Um, my mentor at the time, Trevor Holtz, would consistently check in on me, love on me, uh, kept me busy as well as I know COVID is something that shut the whole world down. He still kept me busy and allowed me to see God through the work that we were doing. My wife was super encouraging and she just made sure she knew that I was loved. And I will say this to the end of my life that I'm probably the worst husband ever and she's the greatest wife, right? And she proved herself in that. And I know she's not trying to be the greatest wife. She's just who she is. And so I got to experience true love through her, just caring about me in those dark times. And because of this, I was getting rehydrated with the, this well of living water that comes from our father. And I was reminded daily of, hey, I love you. I care for you. And although death can take us to a different, a dark place, he was saying that no matter what, you have life in me. And so I think even in thinking about your scenario that like your daughter just went through, Mariah just went through a, a traumatizing time where she lost someone and a young girl that is, and you think of life and you're looking at it like, man, it's so short. But at the same time, we have an opportunity to praise God in this short little life. And although we're in a place where sometimes we're, we're seeing nothing but darkness surrounding us, you have that light, AKA that hand of God reaching for you saying, I want to get you out of this. I always use this whenever I give a sermon. It's like something that like one of my favorite sayings of like, yeah, we could run away from God, but he's chasing right after us. You might feel far away, but God's still right there. And just having that realization, I guarantee can help us in those those moments where we're 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 feeling dry. I'm reminded of Isaiah 50, 55, one of this idea of come all who who are thirsty. And I actually I'm a big fan of Maverick City Music. If you haven't heard them, you need to check them out. And they have a song called the Isaiah song. And they sing about this idea. Water is coming to the thirsty. And so that idea can help us in a lot of ways because of this idea of spiritual dryness. We need God. And sometimes we ignore him or sometimes we run away. Sometimes we just don't reach out. But know that we have a God that loves us so much that he will consistently remind us of his love and he will consistently reach out. Yeah, I think a couple of things that you said are super important. Um, one, people experience spiritual dryness when they're suffering some sort of trauma or when they're um, going through a difficulty in their lives. Another time that people experience um Spiritual dryness is when they're feeling emotional or physical or mental pain. I always liken it to going to the gym. Like when you're feeling fit and you're feeling good, it's so easy to just go to the gym or go for a run. You know, Keith and I have been on this half marathon journey now for I feel like almost a year. But what happens is we'll run, we feel great, and then something will malfunction. I mean, we're not in our 20s anymore, so it's not as super easy for us to to be going through this process. And then you feel down on yourself. You feel like, oh, man, I, I can't do what I used to do. I'm not as successful as I want to be. I have this goal set for myself. And so then it becomes a chore to run. And it's not as fun as it once was. It wasn't as life-giving as it is. 
but you know it's still important to do. And I think when we're talking about spiritual dryness, that's the sort of thing that people experience. So, you know, they have these moments of deep connection with God. They see God moving and working in their lives and they feel on top of the world. It's easy to talk to a God who you feel like is meeting you right where you are. And then something breaks, whether it's a death or a loss or mental health issues in your family. And then it's harder and you start to look at God as a chore. You start to look at spending time with God as something that you have to do rather than something that gives you life and breathes life into you. And then it's not as joyful and not as um, life-giving as it was before. And so a couple of things to think about when you're in that period, especially as a parent, I always, and I feel so super guilty as I'm talking about this, but I always charge parents with being spiritual leaders in their home. And I think when I do that, it doesn't give parents um, the real picture and the reality that being a spiritual leader means sometimes there'll be periods of dryness. And I want parents to remember that even David, who was after the heart of God, suffered from spiritual dryness. I, I just want to read Psalm 13, 1 through 2. And it says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day with have sorrow in my heart? And so even David, who God often refers to as um, one who was after his heart, one who loved him so deeply, suffered from spiritual dryness. So I want to normalize it for parents. Yes, I do implore you to be spiritual leaders in your home, but I also want you to understand that spiritual dryness is a part of the journey. It's sometimes even in those dry moments that God reveals himself in such beautiful and perfect ways. When we had the um, episode with Matthew, I was talking about how I started praying for Mariah as she started suffering with like, God, make her feel successful on the soccer field. Give her this, give her that. And it wasn't the right prayer. And God took me into a dry period to refine what I was experiencing for Mariah. And then at the end of all that, my prayer was a prayer of release. It was just God. I don't really know what she needs right now, but I know that you love her and you know what she needs. Could you please do that for her? And he did that in ways that I wouldn't have expected or wouldn't have noticed had he not taken me through that period of struggle and that period of dryness. Yeah, that's so good. That preaches really well. I think that's so uh, so helpful. And, and the vulnerability part, I think, is so good of like you releasing that to God, releasing uh, Mariah to God. Cause a lot of the times, again, I say this, I feel like every episode we try to control things and it always ends up way worse than, than it could possibly be. Like God is the most competent, the most faithful, the most, like if you trust in him, you will find success in some way or, or shape. You might not define it as success, but God will do things that will benefit your life and care for you. And I just think of it, uh, this idea of spiritual dryness. Uh, if you look at a plant right now, me and my wife are, uh, we planted a boysenberry tree from Knott's Berry Farm in our backyard. And what is one thing plants need in order for them to, to survive, to live, to grow? Water, right? And the instructions clearly say water it twice a day, right? We go on vacation and we forget about watering or asking someone to water this and we come back and the tree wasn't dead, but it was dang near close. <laughs> um, and it's this idea of like, we need God, right? And a lot of the times when things become chores or matter of fact, when anytime things become inconvenient, 
to us, we don't want to deal or do with it, do anything with it. Right. And so this idea of like, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like uh, praying right now. I need to go do this work or I need to do this something. And you start forgetting or not doing those things because it's a chore. It's inconvenient for you. You're losing out of the things that you need to go on through this life in the same way that a plant will wither away. If it's not getting the things that it needs, same for us. We can't live this life without God. Some people do and they're successful, but there's a, like I said, we define success in a whole different way, especially as a believer. Um, so my families out there that are, are, are filled with believers or you're trying to get your kids to a place of belief, the best way to go about navigating spiritual dryness is giving it to God. <laughs> I think it's, that's like so cliche. It might be something that's like, uh, whatever, but it's true. I mean, we have to consistently make it an effort in order for us. I mean, the craziest thing is like one thing I've noticed from kids is that like the the most time they'll or not kids, high school students, mostly the the most in their time in their life that they will reach out and cry out for God is when they're struggling so much. Right. And and one thing I've learned is that if they were and there's a saying that I even said last time before we even started the podcast in our last episode is like. You, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. This is something I heard all throughout football when I was in high school and even playing basketball. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. In the same way, if we stay consistently having a relationship with God, if we stay consistently uh, uh, reaching out, learning more about him, we don't have to get to these places where we're spiritually dry. And although they're going to come because we are humans, we're finite, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have moments where we're like, I don't want to pray. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to have a relationship with God. You made me upset, God. We're going to get to those places where we're dry, but it's how you react and all those things. If you're struggling, if you are spiritually dry now, I urge you, I encourage you, I challenge you, pray. Take some time. I mean, this is one thing I say to a lot of high school students. We have smartphones, right? Nowadays, they're not, they have a lot of features that we can utilize, like alarms or notes. And those can be so helpful in the process of getting out of spiritual dryness. Because what it does is that you set a reminder on your phone, it will alert you, and that will tell you, okay, now I need to read. And although that does sound like, oh, you're trying to make this a tradition or a schedule. No, what it does, it reminds you of the goodness of God and that we we should consistently be reaching to, to get to know him better, to be closer to him, because he's always right there and he wants to be with you. Yeah. I love that so much, AJ. I think prayer is a huge part of healing from spiritual dryness. Um, And I would just love to give our listeners five ways if they're feeling like they're in a spiritual drought, they're feeling distant from God, um, that they can help work themselves through it. And one of them was pray. And in that prayer, be honest with God, be transparent. He already knows everything that you're feeling. There's nothing that you can hide from him. So share that with him. There's something about releasing that verbally when you're praying to God that um, helps that divide or that disconnection between the two of you. It's like talking to your husband. I I do have to go back to the fact that I like to give my husband the silent treatment when I'm mad. I think that's just my go-to. But it's when I wrestle with that and I come to him and we have a discussion and I express to him what I'm feeling, that healing and um, growth comes. So you cannot have that if you're not praying. 
Um, number two is spend time in God's word. I know, like we talked about earlier, sometimes that can be a chore when you're feeling like you don't want to spend time with God or you're feeling frustrated with him. But there are times when you need to press into that and spending time in God's word will help him reveal his ultimate plan on your life. Um, and it could, again, bridge that gap between the two of you. Number three is to be vulnerable. Um, Brene Brown, who I absolutely love and adore, uh, wrote a book called Daring Greatly. And in it, she describes vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So when you're vulnerable with God, you're expressing the things that are deep, deep down inside that you're locking away. And sometimes dryness is a result of sin. Sometimes dryness is a result of shame or guilt. Bring those things up to the surface and share those with God and watch as he unfolds and um, strengthens the relationship between the two of you. The next one is to seek out people who you can share this experience with. AJ and I are both on staff here at Friends Church, and we're saying we've experienced spiritual dryness. Matthew, I'm sure if he was sitting here with us, would say he's experienced periods of spiritual dryness. It's because those are the refining moments in our relationship with God. Every single believer, every single person should at some point in their spiritual life have this experience. So share that with other people. Find community at your church. Find community um, in your neighborhood and share what your experience is. And then last, and this one is my favorite, but also the hardest for me to do. It's to be patient, to be quiet and hunger for what God is trying to teach you. It's hard to believe that sometimes you can feel distant from God because he's trying to teach you a reliance on him. But if you're patient and you're quiet and you just hunger after that relationship with him, he's better able to reveal himself to you during that time. I love the word hunger. I think that's something that's so, so good, catchy, just because this idea of hunger, like when you're hungry, you are desiring for food, right? Sustenance in the same way that like when we are like we every day are hungering for something, right? And sometimes we fill that hunger with things that are not necessary. Like uh, some people would say drugs, alcohol, or things like that. We hunger for this specific thing when at the end of the day, we didn't realize that it's Jesus all along. And so I think that's so uh, like so helpful and like, Starting that off with patience, waiting on God. That's something that he preaches all the time. And, I, and I'm reminded of Psalms 46.10 of this idea of be still and know that I'm God. Because a lot of the times we allow the urgency of right now or the tyranny of the urgency or things we got to do to distract us from what God is trying to do or what God is trying to say in our lives. And even sometimes we we think we hear God, but we're not listening to him. We're getting distracted by all the noise that's around us that we forget to go to him. And that sometimes leads to spiritual dryness as well. And like, I, I'm not trying to say that if you go to God every day, if you are practicing these, some of these disciplines that you're not going to experience spiritual dryness, because again, we are, we are humans. And things are going to come up in our lives that are going to distract us from our Savior, our God, our Father, our Lord. And we are going to make those things in place of who our God is. And sometimes we place God to the side. And all this, all we're trying to do today is encourage you guys that you're going through something similar that a lot of believers, or even if you're not a believer, uh, it might not be spiritual dryness, the word that you would define it as, because you probably don't 
identify with the spiritual side, but you're going through a life that feels dry, feels like you're missing something. And I'm here to tell you today that that's God. That's someone who, that is someone who loves you, that cares so much that he would give his only begotten son, that he whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life, right? That's God. I always uh, use this, uh, this cliche statement that there's a, a hole in your heart. There's a, a shape in your heart. And we're trying to put so many different things. We're trying, it's, if, if you want to say it's a circle or whatever, you're trying to put all these things into that hole and it's not filling, right? It's not being something or you're not putting the right shape in there. And this is something I actually heard that actually uh, led to me finding salvation in Jesus is because I was trying to put uh, friends into that, that void. I was trying to put uh, dance into that void and I was making those things my gods, my idols. And then when I finally relinquished all of that and realized that it was Jesus that would fill that void, that's when my life became complete. That's when I experienced true joy and happiness because that's what everybody's searching for, something that will make them feel complete and find them purpose. But at the end of the day, I believe fully that my purpose in this life is to praise my father, and I believe that's everyone's purpose. And so I think the one thing that I could tell you if you're struggling with spiritual dryness or just feeling like you're missing something, it's give it all to God. Whether you are not saved at all and you never heard of this Christianity thing or anything like that, I just pray right now that you take a, a moment and say, God, I need you. Or if you are a believer and you've been struggling with spiritual dryness and you feel like you're so far from God, I want you to know this. You're not. He's right there. Even if you can't see him, even if you can't hear him, even if you can't feel him, he's right there. He's running after you daily. And all he's saying is just take a hold of my hand. And although you might not feel, see, or, or even want to take that hand, it's there for you. And that's a testament to the love that God has for us. And so even in my moments of life where I felt the driest, whether that, like I said, was right before COVID, during COVID, after COVID, or even earlier in my life where I felt like God was so far from me. No, it wasn't him being far. It was him right there. I just was so distracted by everything else around us. But I had to learn through process. This is something that is a discipline that you have to get used to doing. That's something that you have to consistently do. And I think that's something I've even learned from my life is that I always want things to happen just like that instantly but god said that you have like they're like <clears throat> like natalie said there's a process you have to be patient in this process and hunger after it research call for god get to know him i think the craziest thing about relationships is the, the best way to have a relationship is communicate and get to know the person that you're in relationship with and those are where you see the strongest bonds and you can do that with our father by having a strong relationship with with him by praying and getting to know him through his word. To know his word is to know him. And if we consistently make that a discipline in our life, I guarantee your life will be changed better than you ever expected. I'm not saying hardships won't come. I'm not saying that you aren't going to experience spiritual dryness, but if there's a consistency and there's a process, and if you trust God in that, just as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I guarantee your life will be forever changed. I think the biggest part about that is don't lean on your own understanding. Because again, we try to control things. We try to uh, follow the world. We try to listen to the enemy, listen to ourselves. And we always end up even drier than we started. 
But if we allow ourselves to trust in him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, our life will be forever changed. Thanks, AJ. That was so beautiful. I so appreciate your words and your guidance in that. And I um, just want to wrap up by cautioning parents um, during spiritual dryness. Um, I know it's easy to just let it go when things become difficult. It's easy to just stop coming to church. It's easy to just stop reading your Bible. Um, and many of you know that my background is actually in clinical psychology. And what you see in um therapy is that when people block themselves from feeling one emotion, so sadness, for example, if I don't want to feel the feeling of sadness, I don't allow myself to feel it, what happens is a ripple effect. Then you're not able to feel anger. You're not able to feel joy. You're not able to feel frustration. When you block yourself from one experience and one emotion, it has an unfortunate ripple effect. So when you're talking about spiritual dryness and the distance between you and God, it's very easy to just let that go. But I want to caution parents to um, press into that and um, to bring that before God, like AJ said. Um, And in that, what I think you'll find is that waters will overflow. So dryness um, is definitely a part of the process. But I think if we allow that dryness to settle, um, then we don't grow spiritually, and then we're not able to grow the lives of our children spiritually either. So my one caution is to press into the difficult times um, and just watch what God is able to do in your lives. If we consistently are not going to the person we need to help us care for us and give us rest, right? Matthew eleven twenty eight, come all who are weary and heavy burden, because we'll find rest in God then we're going to consistently be hurting in pain without an outlet. And so we have to trust in him. We have to go to him and we have to allow him to renew us daily. And I think that's going to be the biggest part of getting us out of these places of spiritual dryness or feeling like we're missing something is by going to God and trusting him in that process. Yeah. So uh, again, we just want to normalize it for you. It's a normal experience of your spiritual walk. Um, I do still charge you with being spiritual leaders in your home and wrestling with this. Um, And just know that as we continue to talk about mental health and caring for your soul, that this is a real part of that experience. Um, We don't want anybody to feel um, ostracized or different. It is normal. And so like AJ said, we just encourage you to Go to the living water. Go to God when you feel um, dryness coming. And um, we're going to continue to have these conversations as this season um, begins to unravel. So we encourage you guys to continue listening, continue filling your souls and continuing um, to watch after your mental health. Um, The more you do that, the more you'll see the fruit in your own children. We will be back with you on our next episode, uh, having a conversation about mental health. So just know that until then, AJ and I are journeying with you. We're praying for you and we're walking beside you and your families in love.